This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. Well, this is Betting Weekly Extra Time European Edition. Serie A and the Bundesliga scheduled to get underway this weekend. So there is no better time to tackle the futures markets across both leagues. And I've got three esteemed handicappers to join me, Dan Roebuck, to bring you the best value plays ahead of the campaigns getting underway in Italy and in Germany. Steve Wiss, RJ and Daniele Fisichella all on the crew. To mark your card. Welcome one and all. An awful lot to get through. We're going to talk title race, not necessarily selections in every single market. We've got relegation plays, uh, top four plays as well, top goal scorer thoughts and uh, the odd player special as well that we'll throw in plenty to get stuck into. We're going to start in Italy uh, where Inter are the favourites plus 175, Napoli plus 300, defending champion Juventus plus 350, Milan plus 500. Unquestionably, the most wide-open title race as far as the market makers are concerned across the big five leagues. Daniele, uh, into favourites again, as they have been for the last couple of campaigns, but they haven't won the Scudetto. Why are they favourites again? They've lost players. Give us the narrative on Inter this summer. Well, it means absolutely nothing if you look, yes, at the last two games. Maybe they are favourites because uh, the bookies looked at the last official game they played and they gave a very good game to the best team in the world, Manchester City. But from that side, that in Istanbul came close to equalise against Manchester City. Let's not forget it. Not win it. Equalise. Ten players or so will be missing. The likes of Andrei Onana, Marcelo Brozovic, Lukaku, Dzeko... Uh, and more, of course. So it's going to be, it's been a bit of a rebuild uh, for Inter, especially in the second strings uh, players. And um, business is not completed, it's not uh, finished for them because uh, they've been uh, given uh, a very bad news at the uh, beginning of the summer when Romelo Lukaku decided not to join them anymore. And they've been left uh, searching for a new number nine. Apparently, it's going to be. 34 years old Marco Arnaudovic from Bologna, who, by the way, played with Inter more than 12 years ago, and then they let him go and he went across Europe. But maybe they look for some bookies as the most complete side. They got a well-drilled system, a 3-5-2, a strong Italian backbone. They also added Fratesi to that. So no doubt about it, they are competitive. But whether they have improved since last season in terms of overall quality. And let's not forget, they have a gap to make against Napoli, 18 points behind Napoli uh, last uh, season, also due to a disastrous start of the season for Inter where they lost four of the initial eight games. But had they made enough ground to recover on Napoli... I'm not sure. Uh, the first three games in Italy, they have to be taken with a pinch of salt because then Champions League starts at, at, in the middle of September. But uh, if I have to put a bet on the Serie A winners, I wouldn't be so sure Inter are so favourite as the odds suggest. 
What about Napoli, Daniele? Because we thought that the season set up for them really well last campaign because of the break for the World Cup. We know how good they are at the start of the campaign. However, new coach, of course. Some players have left. You could argue that they are weaker, but some players have come in. They have spent uh, some of the money. What are your thoughts on the defending champions this year? It's always going to be difficult because the pressure is on them. Last season, I remember doing the show with you, week one, week two, we said, yeah, Napoli, with an outside chance to finish in the top four. That's what we said because they lost so many players last season as well and they were the surprise package. But they had the top goal scorer in Osimhen, 26 goals. They had the top assist man in Cravascelia. And at times they played the best football, not only in Italy, but in Europe. Of course, changing the manager is always a risk. They brought Rudy Garcia, a little bit of a surprise there, but I think there is a logic behind it. A man that knows the Italian football system, he's been with Roma three years, he's done well there, always qualified them for the Champions League, and he's going to play a similar style of football to Spalletti, 4-3-3, attacking. Of course, all depends on some of the key players, not only the aforementioned Osimene and Cravascelia, but Lobotka, Di Lorenzo, Anguissa, having again the season of their life. It's not going to be easy to repeat themselves. They have lost Kim Minjae to Bayern Munich. They brought a young um, defender from uh, Brazil. So this is obviously is a, is a gamble a little bit. But in terms of squad depth, I'm not sure they are as deep as they are last season. Still, they'll have to, uh, some business to do. But yes, there is the pressure element on them. They're going to be seeded in the Champions League. They're going to be expected to qualify for the Champions League next round. I think it's a good prize, though, what uh, Bet Rivers offers for them. As starting 11, I don't think Inter, Milan and Juventus at the moment can match the quality of Napoli, provided they all deliver as they did last season, which obviously has to be seen. And there is the African Cup of Nations. So they're going to miss Osimhen, maybe for up to six weeks. They're going to miss Zambo Anguissa as well. So I think they need to strengthen the squad a little bit. They look interesting, though. And yet, of course, the brand of football, it was it was great to watch. So, yes, I mean, I, I wouldn't put them so far away from Inter. Napoli are second favourites, plus 300. They are the defending champions. Daniele has suggested that they could be some value. RJ, you've taken the plunge. You believe that they are a value player, plus 300 to win the Scudetto again. Yeah, at plus 300, I like this I like this price, as Daniele said. And, of course, it's going to be very challenging for them to repeat. In any sport, it's it's very challenging to repeat just because of the pressure. Um, but but I think they have a really strong shot to get it done again. As Daniele had mentioned, there'll, there'll be some overlap here, right? But the roster has changed a little bit. Massive loss in defender Kim, Kim Ming-Jai, who left for Bayern Munich. Um, as, as Daniele mentioned, also have a new head coach, Rudy Garcia, who's coached uh, Lyon, Marseille. Roma for a few years, uh, and most recently Al Nasir in the in the Saudi Arabian League, uh, and he's had success, right? He's had top five finishes almost everywhere he's been globally. Uh, they've extended Di Lorenzo, uh, Ramani, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, the pronunciation Dennis could get me. Rahmani, uh, Rahmani, uh, Raspadori, Labaka. They brought in uh, Nathan as uh, or Nathan as uh, as Daniel has said from from Brazil, uh, from RB Leipzig. He's a Brazilian defender from RB Leipzig. Uh, 22, 23 years old, big shoes to fill there. It's probably not going to probably not going to be the guy, but he's got upside. And as of this morning, there's a couple news that dropped um, star midfielder Piotr Zelinski, maybe on the move to Al-Ahli uh, in Saudi Arabia. Um, the hope is they'll bring in uh, Celta Vigo youngster Gabri Vega to, to replace him. Another 21, 22 year old who 
you know, remains to be seen how much impact he can have. And as Danielle said, right, everybody's got to contribute if they're going to have that success. I mean, they were light years ahead of any other team. Obviously, the points re reflected that. But uh, but yeah, and then as of 50 minutes ago, it looks like they just extended Victor Osman to a three-year extension around 150 mil. Um, so they're they're putting their money uh, in these players, as I as I mentioned with the extension at plus 300. I figure it's worth a good shot. I I, I honestly would expect this to to be to be a lot lower, but uh, but I'll take the chances here at plus 300. They're if if they perform as they did last year and kind of what's expected of them they should be the best team in, in italy once again yeah i mean 16 points different they can have a bit of a drop off here and still win the league i think it's a value play for me uh steve mm. uh, i know that you're uh, you're not a massive follower of Serie A. you're more of a league uh guy when you look at the title race here though and it, it is a a four-way go according to the market are you a little bit jealous that maybe you don't follow Italy that closely and maybe you should because you don't want to leave any money on the table here it's it's, it's a proper title race in Italy the last few years and we can't really say the same pretty much anywhere else when it comes to the top leagues in Europe well I've got to study Syria much more now Dan that's what Nigel Seeley told me anyway um, <laughs> got to get the knowledge of all these of all these leagues uh, that we're covering uh, but you're right it is the one of, of the four main leagues that we are on this show uh, Serie A, I probably am slightly at my weakest with in terms of knowledge, but there's a few interesting points I do want to make here. This this league has suddenly become really um, unpredictable to predict the champion. The last four title winners have been all different sides. Um, I mean, I grew up in a period where either Inter or Juventus always won this league. Simple as that, really. I mean, mm. Juventus won nine in a row, um, but now it seems a lot more open. But perhaps it's become a difficult title to defend. Everywhere I've kind of looked around, um, you know, Twitter, social, the, the, the experts are saying you got to get on into this year. Um, when I looked and, you know, plus 175 at Bet Rivers, it doesn't look the worst price in the world. But like, like Danielle said, there's maybe a few question marks there. Napoli, you know, they can afford to have a bit of a drop off, like uh, RJ said. I don't actually know. I'm not a fence sitter. I, and I've been told not to be a fence sitter on any show. But on this instance, I, I don't know who I would go for, for a champion, you know. Uh, could someone, could there be a dark horse in the way of, you know, AC Milan or Roma or Juve? I don't, I'm not entirely sure. I think it's wide open. And yeah, of course I'm envious because, um, you know, all the other big leagues, it looks to be, you know, in theory, a one horse race, doesn't it? But Serie A, that's the place to be. Hopefully we get a really tight title, uh, title battle. We, I mean, I'm, I'm saying it's tight. Obviously, there was a huge difference between Napoli and Lazio, who came second, of course, uh, last year. Daniel, just give us the lowdown on, on, on Juve uh, and Milan and maybe any other team that you think m might cause a little bit of a stir when it comes to the, the race for the Scudetto. And I know you've, got an, you've not got an official pick, but, but maybe you're lean here when it comes to the title race in Italy. With Juventus, the biggest challenge for Allegri is to give the team a style of play. He changed the formation every single time uh, last season. And I think it shows on the pitch. They were too reactive, too defensive. They didn't create many scoring chances. Uh, they finished with the se seventh best attack in Serie A. And they got the players and the quality to do more. But the problem is the mentality and the attacking and the attacking prowess, if you like. They are still an unfinished business. I think they're still going to be comings and goings. But Juventus have got a big advantage. They're not going to play in Europe this season because of the UEFA ban. And I think that's the biggest gift UEFA could have given to Juventus this season rather than send them to play against a team against Kazakhstan in the Europa Conference League. No disrespect to them, of course. Mm. But 
Had Juventus played the Conference League, they had massive pressure to win that competition, of course, because they are Juventus, and to win, to do well in Serie A, because these two seasons they've been without trophies. Milan, they look the more interesting promise proposition of all, because they applied a very simple logic. Sell one, by six. Sell Tonali. You cannot say no to 50-odd million from Premier League these days. It's impossible. But they brought six players, a little bit of mixture of... Experienced players who want a second chance, Pulisic, Loftus-Cheek, but also youngsters, Chukuseve, uh, Okafor, Reinders, one of the best midfielders in Europe with Azed Alkmaar. But of course, they changed a lot in the, um, in, in the midfield and attack departments. And obviously, it depends if they will all click and start uh, with, uh, with, with the right foot. I think we'll see a Milan slightly less rigid this season with players that can play in more than one position. But I'm sure the first name on the team sheet is going to be always Rafael Leao, who I consider alongside Martinez and Osiman the, the best players in Serie A. And the rest, look out for Lazio because... Uh, First season in charge for Sarri. Normally, Sarri's teams get better and better as he continues to be there. Just remember what he did at Napoli. But they will play in the Champions League this season. And this is going to dent their fitness. And with Roma, they lack a goal scorer at the moment. And they've been a little bit in turmoil. So, I don't know. I think for them, it's more realistic to hope for a qualification for the for the Champions League. But this is this is really it. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be open. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean I think the odds should be much closer to at least for Juventus, Inter Milan, Napoli, I can't see too much difference at the moment, but really I cannot understand why Inter are so favorite. Inter plus one seventy five. If if I gave you a twenty dollar free bet, Daniele who who would you who would you play? I think I think I will go for something uh, for something a little bit uh, strange like um, to, Milan, win, to win to, to win, win the scudetto to win the scudetto yeah just to win the scudetto that's the only free bet I'm offering I'm trying I'm trying to pin that's you generous, down for, for a lean mm. twenty dollars was that. Well, twenty well, twenty dollars. It's not a it's not a real twenty dollars. No, I, was, <laughs> I, w- I would say I would split it ten dollars on Inter and ten dollars on you. Interesting. I'm with Arja. I think Napoli are a, a, a really good value. Going to be interesting. Let's move on to Germany. Uh, Daniele can stand down for a little bit, although I might just uh, get Daniele's thoughts on Bayern because he's across all the uh, the European leagues. Uh, but I'm going to start with RJ with this one. Look, Bayern are, are, are minus 400 when it comes to the Bundesliga. Dortmund plus 400. And then you start to get any price you like after that. Leipzig plus 1,300. Leverkusen plus 5,000. Mm. Uh, so from a four-horse race to a one-horse race, Bayern have won the last, what, last 10, 11 titles, whatever it is. I know we've got top four and betting without picks here. But RJ, are we just saying here, do we look at the Bundesliga a little bit like Liga and just say, look, Bayern are going to win it. I don't like the price, so I have to look elsewhere. Are, are, are we saying Bayern are just unopposable when it comes to the Bundesliga title? Yeah, essentially. I mean, at that price, minus 400, you, you could do a lot lot better with money. Uh, you, you basically, if you have a lot of money to burn, I mean, if, if you want to throw 400 to, to win 100 for, for that purpose, I mean, I say go for it. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think this year could could play some tricks. And I'm not going to overthink the Super Cup match over the weekend where Leipzig, you know, took care of business 3-0. I mean, they, they played very well. Uh, but Bayern, you know, obviously uh, the news over the weekend, Harry Kane, he was he made an appearance. Um They've added Minjai Kim from Napoli, as we stated, Rafael Guerrero from Dortmund, Conrad Lamer from RB Leipzig, Jao Cancelo from Man City, right? They have a slew of characters that they've added, very strong talent. They lost Sadio Mane, they lost Sabitzer back to Dortmund and, and Lucas Hernandez to PSG. But you could you you could argue on paper they, they did get stronger. 
Uh, but I don't know. I it's, it's like that theory. Sometimes I say there's there's a little bit too many chefs in the kitchen. They got much stronger defensively, which is what I think they they wanted to tighten up a bit. I mean, their defense should be world class. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Harry Kane. Uh, should produce goals. Will he be? Is he? What is he? Minus one eighty already on the on the top goal scorer in, in Bundesliga. I think that's, you know, can his can his uh, prowess translate uh, into the Bundesliga? Yet to be seen. But yeah, at minus four hundred, Dan, unopposable in my opinion. And uh, I think there's much better value out there if you, if you look around, which we'll get into. Yeah, we will do. Just just briefly, I'll ask Steve and Daniele this. I mean, what what price would you want by? And they have started slowly. And of course, last year. I mean, Dortmund should have won the title. I mean, Bayern was second favourite, you know, final stages of the season. The season before, Bayern started slowly as well. I mean, you know, if if they start slowly in their, I don't know, minus 200, minus 150, even money in the autumn or later in the season, do then we think, well, this is still Bayern. They will find a way. They always find a way. Do we start getting excited about them? Or if they if they start badly, is it time to to oppose them properly? What, what what's, your, what's your thoughts on Bayern, Steve? Well, yeah, I think my I, they're going to win the league, in my opinion. I always say, uh, and PSG are kind of similar to this as well. Every once, say every four or five years, a team like this will give the opposition a chance. They have a down season, a below par year, and it's up to the other teams to take advantage of it. That was last season in the Bundesliga. That was the chance for someone to take the ball by the horns and, and lift that title. And Dortmund, unfortunately, we've got to say it, they they cracked when, when the mm-hmm. real pressure came on them. And maybe a couple of other teams might have been a bit annoyed that they weren't closer as well um, at that stage. So Bayern, you know, they won the title, but within hours they sacked two of their general managers, uh, Oliver Kahn and uh, Saleh Hamazic. So uh, that's they're the most cutthroat, brutal team in terms of management. They'll be furious about how... They you know, went to the last game of the season and, and they had to score late just to win the title. So I think they'll come back really strong. Thomas Tuchel, I know he divides opinion. Um, some love him, some hate him. But you know, give him a whole year here at Bayern Munich. I'd be surprised if they don't lift uh, the trophy. But at minus 400, you know, do you really want your money tied up for that long at, at such odds? Uh, not really. It's not for me. So... Um, they're really hard to oppose. If you're going to be betting on the outright market, it's got to be without the favourite. Yeah, we'll look at without the favourite in a sec and uh, we'll also look at top four. Daniel, I don't know if you've got any thoughts when it comes to the, the German football. I, I know you're across European action. Look, Dortmund had a great chance la- last year. No Bellingham, of course, this time around and, and others have moved on uh, as well. And and you think when Lewandowski left Bayern, they lost their goal scorer. They didn't really have one last year. Have they got one now in Kane? What's your thoughts on, on Bayern? But the numbers last season showed the Bayern were producing the same number of attacking phases and scoring opportunities. They just didn't have the poacher because uh, Mane didn't quite deliver for them. And now they do have him, not just the poacher, a brilliant player in Harry Kane. So I think they should be absolutely fine. When you look at the Bundesliga and reflecting back on last season, I think the biggest disappointment is Leipzig. I think they had a much stronger squad than Borussia Dortmund. As soon as they changed the manager and Marco Rose was in charge, they showed what they were capable of. They were dented by the injuries, but they were really, really impressive for large spells of the season. Unfortunately, they started so badly, but I did put them as serious contenders to the title. Yes, when it took Borussia Dortmund, I think if you don't win a, a title like you didn't do last season, you're going to be 
it's going to be really, really difficult. So yes, in terms of the price for Bayern, no? yeah, it's, it's pointless really to put to, to betting on them at at, the, at this time of the season. You need to be a little bit more clever and see if there is any option. Maybe with Leipzig finish third or second, that could be more interesting. Well, betting without looks like this. Dortmund minus 200, Leipzig plus 250, Leverkusen plus uh, 100, if I've scribbled that one down, which I don't uh, correctly, which I don't think I have. Uh, Union Berlin plus 1300. We have got a selection here. Uh, RJ, you, you mentioned Leipzig uh, briefly when you referenced the German Super Cup win and not to get mm. carried away uh, because you did give us your selection prior to that. But you do like Leipzig here uh, in the betting without market. I do. I'm looking at RB Leipzig winner without Bayern at plus 250. Um, I really like Leipzig this year, as as, uh, as, as Daniele said. I, even last year, I think they were stronger on on paper than what they actually performed. I think Dortmund obviously a threat to this this wager, and maybe Bayer Leverkusen to some extent. But uh, I expect Leipzig, uh, like you know, to have a. Uh, I expect them to have a very strong season. Obviously, you mentioned Dortmund losing some some strong talent Jude Bellingham went to Real Madrid uh, you know could could prove to be costly for them um, I really like uh, Danielle Malin I like Holler but Rayner is a question mark for me as well as uh, Karima Dimi to both start the season with Knox so I'm, I'm not necessarily convinced uh, on Dortmund um, as, 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 as a major threat to them but Leipzig I mean <laughs> if, if you look at the arrival yes they lost in Conku they lost you know uh, the Hungarian Goal scorer. Who I, I'm going to ask for some assistance on the pronunciation on. there. We can do uh, it. I don't. I don't <laughs> even want to embarrass myself there, to be honest with you. And I've listen. Do you, do, you know, do you know what the the English language commentators over the course of the weekend um, we're getting him wrong left, right, and centre. Steve, I can imagine. Go on, Steve. The the midfielder that Liverpool signed. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Is it, um, is it Daniel I think it's Shobolzai. Shobolzai. Yeah. So Basel. we're all, you guys did well there. Thank you. And, uh, <laughs> um, you know, and then uh, it's funny too, because you watched over the weekend the Super Cup, Bayern, obviously they beat Bayern 3 0. And then you see an article today, well, Bayern are interested in signing Demi Almo uh, after his hat trick. Like, oh, <laughs> what you, a you surprise. Don't, you don't Cause say. Because um, they never coach <laughs> players from other German teams. They're not that sort of club. They, right. They don't right. do it. They don't <laughs> do it. <laughs> But, you know, they're, they're rivals, right, uh, quickly. Uh, Xavi Simmons from PSG, Appenda from Lenz, Carvalho from Liverpool, Baumgartner from Hoffenheim, uh, Lukeba, uh, uh, a centre-back from Lyon, and, and Sesko, uh, Benjamin Sesko from RB Salzburg um, in Austria. You know, I, I think this side is full of talent, and without Bayern, plus 250 to me uh, is, is a strong play. Leipzig plus 250 without Bayern. And I know that we were looking at top three and top four. Bet Rivers had sort of top three markets. I'm not quite sure it's available. Top four, the minus 250. RJ, you said to me, it's probably a bit too short. So we'll keep your pick at Leipzig plus 250 for betting without. In the top four, Steve, you've got one for us here. Dortmund are short, as are Leipzig. And then we get Leverkusen plus 100, Union Berlin plus 140, Eintracht Frankfurt plus 300, same price as Freiburg. Um, Who do you like in the top four market, Steve? I really like Bayer Leverkusen at plus 100 hmm. to uh, make the top four. I, I just think it stood out like a sore thumb to me. Some unusual stuff went on in the Bundesliga last season. Uh, the most notable was that Union Berlin and Freiburg finished fourth and fifth. I can't see either side even being in the top six this year. Union Berlin, whenever I saw them, 
no disrespect, I just don't think they're very good. And you look at their metrics and they are massively overachieved at both ends of the field. They're in the Champions League now. I'd be shocked if they, um, I say, they're even in the top six. And Freiburg just had a very good season as well. Fair play to them. But I think we're going to see the likes of your Leverkusens, your Frankfurts, possibly even your Mönchengladbachs and your Wolfsburgs getting back in that mixer for fourth place. I think the top three, um, or certainly three of the top four, will be Bayern Munich, Dortmund and Leipzig. Fourth place is up for grabs. But Leverkusen, mm. historically, have always been a club who have been... I mean, in, in the last 11 years, they've been in the top four six times. Um, in the top three, quite a few of those additions. They've had a first season under Jabby Alonso, who... I think it was a few teething problems early on. It just the results weren't going his way. They were getting used to his new system, but he is known as one of the better up and coming head coach prospects in Europe. And I think they've got a good manager there. Um, you look at their squad, you know, there's plenty of quality, especially defensively. They've signed Victor Boniface from Union Saint Gilois from Belgium. I really like him. Yeah. Granit Xhaka, I think he's a really good addition for the Bundesliga. Um, yeah. So, you know, unfortunately, the like I think um, the big man up front, uh, Schick, is is out injured until the uh, start of October. But uh, there's in more than enough quality in this squad to make the top four. And if they play like they did more in the second half of last season, it should be fairly straightforward. But I think their quality, combined with two teams who kind of really did punch above their weight last year, are going to be out of the way. It leaves that door massively wide open. Let us move on to teams that we think are going to do badly. We've looked at uh, top four, we've looked at title races, um, but we're going to tackle relegation betting in Italy and Germany next. We're going to start with Italy. Uh, Frosinone, minus 200, short price favourites to go down. Uh, Lecce, minus 125, even money Verona. Genoa, plus 135, Cagliari, plus 150, Empoli, plus 200, Salernitana, plus 250. And it gets bigger after that. Daniela, we have seen the odd promoted side go up and, and spend a bit of money. I mean, Monza comes to mind, obviously. Um, and, and they did well last year after a very slow start. But we've got last season's second tier champions as the favourites to go down. Um, and Genoa and Cagliari also came up and they're not in the, the first three in the market. It just, just give us your sort of overall thoughts because we've got picks from all three of our handicappers for this market just give us your overall thoughts on the on the sort of teams that have that, that have gone up and what you think they might or might not do only in one season in the last uh, over 20 years 2007 2008 all the three promoted side from Serie B stayed up but that season Juventus and Genoa went up so obviously <laughs> well a bit, bit of different pedigrees and uh, you know they were, they were stronger Genoa by the way comes back this season after one one year in the purgatory of Serie B, but they look like a side that's got goals in them. And I think that's what can be the difference because they signed Matteo Retegi, Italian-Argentinian-born uh, striker. They got Goodmundson, they got Messias. But they are a side that not only have attacking players, but they play a brand of football that's attacking 3-5-2, proactive, managed by former World Cup winner Alberto Gilardino. And last season, they scored 53 goals in Serie B. So it's a good tally. So why are they... Uh, not tip to go down and Frosinone are because Frosinone, despite winning Serie B, they've changed 15 players because they had a lot of loans. They changed the manager, so no longer Fabio Grosso, but Eusebio Di Francesco, who's also very well known for his attacking proactive football, but whose career after the heights of the Champions League semi final with Roma has gone downwards. And the last two teams he managed got sacked from Cagliari. And Verona, and the problem is, have they got enough quality, enough goals to play that kind of brand of football? 
In Serie A, unfortunately, and you know it very well, Dan, because we did, done a Serie A uh, show last season, you, you can be saved in two ways. By scoring a lot of goals, like Salernitana did, or having a very mean defense. If you try to do what Cremonese did last season, which was a little bit of both, playing attacking football with two up front with Okereke and Dessers, but not having a very strong defense, then you are doomed. And I don't think Frosinone can do that. But for my selection, I'm looking especially at two teams that stayed up last season by the skin of their teeth. And they are Verona, who is on even money, which I think uh, they might struggle as well. They changed the manager. They got Roberto D'Averz, another one that likes to play on the front foot. They don't have enough goals, I think. Last season, they were lucky enough to get saved in the playoff against Spezia, only because Spezia were more desperate than them. And then he got Lecce, which is my pick, by the way. And it's Lecce to be relegated, minus 125. Now, they look much weaker than last season. They've sold Jumland, which was one of the best defensive midfielders in Serie A to sport in Lisbon. Record sale for Lecce, of course. You have to let him go at the, uh, 80 millions. They got no longer Sisa. He went to Saudi Arabia. He scored five goals, but you know, Lecce last season only scored 34 goals. So those goals were vital. Colombo scored other five goals, returned back to Milan, and scored the decisive goal when they got saved at Monza. And last season, the top goal scorer was Gabriel Strefezza with eight goals and a couple of penalties. They were really good defensively. They sat down deeply a lot. They hit teams on the counter. Sometimes they rode their luck. They only won two games since February. And uh, by changing the manager, as I said, no longer Baroni, who, by the way, going to Verona now, I think they are risking it a lot. Unless Pantaleo Corvino brings on another um, marvelous signing that we never heard of it, and maybe this uh, Swedish Almquist is the man, although he never scored more than five goals in his entire career, I think they're going to struggle. Cagliari, on the other hand, they got the experience of Ranieri. They got a good squad. Genoa, I mentioned them as well. The rest, Empoli, Salernitana, Udinese, I think they will be all right. They got a deeper squad. Lecce, for me, uh, they look more uh, more in trouble than, 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 than last season, if you like. Um, yeah, bad numbers, really. Minus 125 for them, uh, unless they bring a top scorer, a goal scorer, I think. I think so. In trouble, Lecce at minus 125. Steve, you've got a selection in this market as well. So as RJ. RJ's is slightly different. Uh, Salnitana is your pick, Steve. Tell us why. Talk us through the numbers here. Well, as you know, Dan, I do love a relegation market in outrights. It's uh, something I just cannot resist, and uh, Serie A has sucked me in here. Now, I can't profess to know huge amounts about these teams that are going to be in the bottom half of the table, but I was looking... You know, these days, I said on the show, one of the shows last week, I am quite a strong metrics man these days. What am I looking for in any league um, is teams that in the past season have over, overachieved with their metrics both at both ends of the field. It's interesting, Danielli mentioned that Lecce and Verona uh, were two teams on his shortlist. Two sides, that, another example of big overachievement last year in terms of stats. So that makes a lot of sense. So Lernitana actually had the lowest expected points out of any team in Syria last season, 30.67. They overachieved by at least 10 goals with expected goals and expected goals against. So then I'm going to have, that's when I've done my homework. I've really had a deep look into this squad. Why, why did they overachieve? Well, they got a striker, Bull Idea, who did very well for them. Um, they've permanently signed him now for 12 million euros from Villarreal. Uh, he had a great season. I've seen him before in France. I just w worry what, if something went wrong with him, is that going to be a big problem for Salernitana? But secondly, 
defensively, it's quite obvious they've got issues. Um, for those who are interested in statistical betting, no team had more matches at home uh, containing more than two and a half goals last season. So that's something to watch out for. And they had the third most in uh, overall home and away out of any any club average of 2.9 goals per game. So you know what you're going to get with this team. They're going to try and survive by having a shootout. They're going to suck teams into shootouts. They can't rely on defence. But if the goals do dry up, I always worry about teams like this. So I looked at the, out, the outright odds for relegation. Plus 250, I thought, might be worth a nibble here. It sounds like there's a case for quite a few teams who could get could go down from Serie A this season. So let's wait and see. But um, yeah, because um, you know, that defence does look very tru- troublesome for me. Um, yeah, they, they did sign a couple of players on permanent um, transfers after loans, which I like that, but not an awful lot else has changed. So I think there's a bit of value perhaps here on Salernitana to go down. Plus 250. And, and RJ, variation on a theme because it's not quite the same market. But mm. in fairness, it could be a, a better value play. I like this one. Uh, what's your selection and in which market? Yeah, so I'm looking at Fro- Frozenoni, uh, the, the newly promoted squad from Serie B, as, as Daniele said, to finish in the bottom place, eventually finish in last place at plus 175. I thought that's pretty decent, uh, a decent price for this. Uh, I, I simply expect the newly promoted side to struggle all year long. They have obviously the smallest market value in Serie A now. The third youngest side, I think they're around 24 years old of age. Uh, the coach uh, who has been offline for the last two years, he's been sitting around uh, waiting for his next opportunity. As Daniele said, he last coached Verona. His name is Asubio Di Francesco, who is actually coincidentally that's my grandmother's maiden name so maybe that maybe there's some relation there i don't know but uh put the call in find out i'm root i'm root for them but i do expect <laughs> them to finish in last place um they also have a slew i think they have 15 18 new players as a big there was a big transfer they had a bunch of players from sasulo leche uh it's just it's a wild card for me th- this team in general um they came back up in 2015 dropped back down 2018 Came up, dropped back down. Um, I guess not a huge shock, but uh, it's just at plus 175. Again, it's one of those value plays. I think it's it's worth a, a strong look, you know, and futures are tough. So, you know, I wouldn't put a ton on it, but it's it's certainly worth uh, a stab or a, a nibble, as Steve said, at uh, at that price. Yeah, I think you'll get a, a really good run for your money with all those selections. Of course, we could have a situation uh, where all three win we could collect on them all we could cash the lot because three go down um mm. let's hope that is the case uh, let's move on to bundesliga and and the bottom uh there the relegation market reminder here direct relegation only there is a playoff um in germany we're not going to get involved in that so you're looking at the bottom two places here heidenheim are in the top flight for the first time in history make the market minus 118 darmstadt plus 110 it's only their third time in the in the top division in the last 40 years or so uh, Bochum plus 175, Augsburg plus 225, same price as Stuttgart. Uh, Köln or Cologne, if you prefer, plus 500, Werder Bremen plus 600, Mainz uh, plus 800. We've got picks from Steve and RJ in this one. Steve, you can go first. Who do you like when it comes to the relegation futures for the Bundesliga? Well, if we look at the odds, then I think there's almost a, a presumption that Heidenheim and Darmstadt are completely doomed. Um, but are they that bad? I actually think the gap between Bundesliga 1 and 2 is not that big anymore. Uh, I've been watching some games in Bundesliga's Fi. You've got the likes of Hamburg down there, Hertha Berlin now. 
you know, the because it's the both 18 team divisions, I think the quality is is actually quite good. And Heidenheim have been knocking on the door for several years, actually, um, in Bundesliga 2. It's a big year for them, a town of, I think, just about 5,000. They've had a manager in charge of them since 2007. A real sort of a community feel to the club. They're going to be bang up for it. Absolutely bang up for it. It's an historic maiden promotion that they had. So I'm always a little bit dubious, um, you know, presuming that it's an absolute banker they're going to go down. I suppose a similarity is perhaps Luton Town in, in the Premier League right now. But um, I think I don't, I don't actually don't think Heidenheim will be terrible. Darmstadt are going to be very similar in terms of it's a big year for, the, for them. They're going to be giving it absolutely everything. Maybe one of them does get cut adrift. But I think there'll be a spot that opens up for someone else. And I was really torn between Bochum and Augsburg. I think those are the two teams last year. Whenever I seen them, I think they were lucky to stay up, to be honest with you. Um, lucky to even avoid the playoff because Stuttgart were in the playoff. Um, my big problem, I'm going with Bochum to go down at plus 175. And my big issue with them is this: the goals they concede. Every time I, I watched them last year, they looked like, I fancied uh, playing up front against them seriously. Um, the chances that they concede, um, I don't think much is going to change. I actually did manage to watch a couple of their preseason friendly matches. Um, it uh, not a lot really has changed at the club DFB Pokal um, already. Uh, not a very good result there for them. So I think Borkham. I mean, I know on last year's Bundesliga show when we did it on Bet Rivers. A lot of the boys were uh, regularly against them, and um, it just—they had a freak run, sort of midway through the year, where they won four or five games in a row, and that's the only reason why they survived. Can that happen again? I'm not entirely sure. I've looked at their transfer business; nothing remarkable. They're getting players in from, you know, Bundesliga two, Bundesliga three, even um, as well. They're not spending much. Um, I think it's going to be, and it's also going to be, of course, second season sort of syndrome for them. I do worry for Borkham. I, I really do. I was close between them and Augsburg, but I think Augsburg have got a little bit of a better project going on. And they've got a little, well, not a little bit, a lot more quality in certain areas. So uh, I, I expect Borkham matches to be high scoring and it could be a struggling campaign for them. Plus 175 to go down. I can just imagine you bullying centre-halves Sunday league play somehow. <laughs> uh, RJ, you've got a pick for us. An even bigger price. This is a really interesting one. Talk us through your bet. Yeah, so I'm looking at FC Cologne, or Cologne uh, to be relegated at plus 500. My my two cents on this squad is they. I just think they lack a true number nine. I don't think I, I feel like I know they lack a true number nine. They lost the the leading goal scorer who, who netted seven last season, Elias Shakiri, as as left for Eintracht Frankfurt. They still have uh, the the next man up, Florian Wiltz. But I mean, honestly, it, it's seven goals as your as your as your top goal scorer. Nine points out of the relegation zone last season. They were pretty poor defensively. Uh, Every, you know, I, I'd say every six or seven years, they, they seem to dip back down into Bundesliga 2 for, for the trend I've, I've sort of noticed. Not that I'm huge into that, but I think this is a side that could struggle this season. Uh, they've added more defensive help in the likes of Julian Shabbat from uh, Sampdoria. And, you know, 
Let's not forget, though, he came from Sampdoria, who led a league-high 71 goals last uh, last season. So I, don't, I wouldn't be overly excited about that if he was part of that that back nine. I mean, that back uh, defensive line. Um, and they're obviously relegated to, to Serie B. But overall, uh, they did make a strong addition in Rasmus Karstensen uh, from Genk, the Belgium, uh, Belgium side in the top division. He's a young, solid defenseman on loan until uh, July of, of next year. But at plus 500, I think this is worth a stab. This, this is a side that I expect to struggle overall. And they might maintain, might have a lot of close battles, maybe some draws. But I have a hard time seeing them do better than they did last season. And at nine points out of that relegation zone, I, I think this, is, this, is, this has some hope. Yeah, I think we've had some surprise teams go down as well in recent years in Germany. Steve was pointing out that the gap between the two might not be as much as it once was. Just to wrap up with Germany... Quick thoughts on the uh, top goal scorer, because I know Steve's got to play in this. Harry Kane and RJ mentioned the price right at the top of the show. He's so short here, Kane, at minus 182. It's as if that there's value pretty much everywhere else, potentially. But then you start to look at the list of players and you think, no, I'm not quite sure about this lot. Kane minus 182, Haller plus 800, Gnabry plus 900, Fulkrug plus 900, uh, Colin Warney plus 1100, Chick. Uh, 1300 and a pender has just gone there, of course. 1300. Um, won the golden boot in England, Steve, uh, three times, but I mean, he's so short here, and uh, and you've got a value play against him. I just simply have to take on Harry Kane here at minus 182. I think it's a massive, um, I think it's a really good opportunity to get a, a big price winner if if something went wrong with him in terms of his fitness, in terms of resting him, things like that. Uh, no way. Would have been on at minus 182. Um, and I'm going to be taking him on with Sebastian Allaire. Now, by the way, spare a thought for anyone who's been betting in this market before Kane arrived because <laughs> prices have doubled on players here. So for those who thought I'll get a quick one here like, two or three weeks ago, they those, pun, those bettors are in huge trouble. Um, but uh, <laughs> Um, I wanted to, I tell you what, I wanted to get on a penalty taker. Quite a lot of these guys in the market um, on the shorter prices uh, are actually not guaranteed penalty takers at their clubs. Um, I'm hoping Haller will be, even though he missed that massive one at the back end of last season in the uh, title race. But uh, I've got question marks. Uh, uh, Lewis Openda, I think the goals are going to be spread around at Leipzig. Mm. Full Krug's playing a fairly poor team. Gnabry. I think the goals are going to be spread around there at Bayern. Uh, Kolo Moani is an interesting one. I do like him. I think he's uh, got a great future. But he tends to get involved with assists quite a lot. Is he as selfish as we want him to be? Um, and uh, Schick, I think, has got an injury problem for a bit. So, Sebastian Haller, last year, we all know his story. He's come back from testicular cancer. A uh, great, uh, really uh, great story. Um he averaged, uh, I'm just trying to find the stats now, a goal every, uh, yeah, basically I worked it out. If he got his goals per minutes this season that he got last year, he's going to be on for 24 league goals in the Bundesliga. Now that is probably, that might be enough to win this um, title because in the past you had like your Lewandowski's, uh, he'd score 41 goals in the 2020 <laughs> One campaign, you know, Gerd Muller back in the day was around those figures as well. 16 was all that was needed to win this uh, last year. It was Fulkrugan and Kunku combined. I think you're going to be needing to be around the 25 mark this time. And that would that's close to what Haller's numbers were in terms of his, uh, I say, average goals per minute. Um, he should be on the penalties. He's a poacher type striker. Dortmund 
will create plenty of opportunities for him. And um, I think he's in for a decent year. So Kane, I mean, well, I don't know. I'm interested to hear everyone's thoughts about Harry Kane, actually, even if he does have a fully fit season. I mean, are they going to wrap him in Cottonwood a little bit? Champions League could be a priority. Are they going to absolutely smash teams? Um, so I'm more than happy to bet against Harry Kane here. Plus 800 on uh, Sebastian Allaire. Thoughts on Kane, Daniele? Have you any any thoughts on Harry Kane and if he might prosper in in Germany? Bring you in briefly on this one before we talk. He, Italy? Of, course, of course he would. Of course he would. Why why would why would he not? I mean, he he plays for the best team in the league. He's going to receive a lot of assists, a lot of crosses, a lot of scoring opportunities, and yeah, his number have been exceptional. And I think he'll he'll confirm uh, at his level. And uh, yeah, I mean, I have no doubt about it that. He'll be over 20 goals this season. Well, put it this way, RJ, um, 30 or more goals plus 100, 35 or more plus 325. I mean, I, I think he's worth taking on um, in the market. But if if Bayern play to their strengths, as, as Daniele said, he could run right. But this, this is how we play. We play the numbers, we play the value, don't we? Yeah, there's a lot of wealth to, to be shared in that team, right? There's plenty of uh, attacking prowess. It's their lethal squad. Outside of, you know, Steve's pick... Um, Mr. Sebastian there at uh, at plus eight hundred. I'd save I'd save I'd save you money honestly from from this de- department because it's tough outside of of Harry Kane minus one eighty two, which again seems seems a little bit low in my opinion. Um, it's a tough market to to spot. I like a Penda at plus thirteen hundred. I think that's worth a a nibble as, uh, once again as as Steve said. Uh, let's talk Serie A. Uh, golden boot, uh, get Daniele's thoughts on this. Um, we've not got a selection as such. I know that RJ and Daniele have got a got a nice play when it comes to a goal scorer in Italy, but for those that want to get involved, Daniele here, we've got Ossiman plus 150, Martinez plus 200, Immobile, who's won it a few times, as we know, plus 600, uh, Raffaele plus 1100. Just just talk, as, give us your thoughts on, on the market in general and those market principles. It's a number game here as well. In the last 11 season, only twice the top goal scorer in Serie A scored more than 29 goals, and that was Gonzalo Guain and Immobile, 36 goals a couple of seasons ago. But however, Immobile won the top goal scorer for two times in the last four seasons. Last season comes on the back of a very bad season, only 12 goals scored in Serie A. Some people argue he doesn't fit with Maurizio Sarri style of play and also, of course, is aging. And then you have to look at the other ones. Ossiman, we mentioned at the top of the show, he's going to play in the Africa Cup of Nations four, five, six weeks. And sometimes the African players coming back need a little bit of time to re- reacclimatize to the winter in Europe. And of course, he was helped by Kravashelia, who gave him a lot of assists. Can they repeat themselves? Lautaro looks a good, like a good shot because he scored 21 goals in two consecutive seasons for Inter. This season, I think he's going to take more penalties than last season because Lukaku is not there. Although Chalanoglu, I think, is the penalty taker. But he's going to be on the penalty spot a little bit more. And he could get to 24 to 25 goals easily. And then there are the outside shots. Blaovic has got good numbers, but never reached the heights that he was expected to at Juventus because they don't play... Uh, the way he would like to play. He's not very good at holding the ball, but if you put the crosses in the box, I think he will deliver. You might have to be a little bit clever and look for outsiders in this uh, this race. And I picked one, which is Rafael Leao, 
not to become top goal scorers, because to do that, he'll have to score more than 25 goals, and he's never done it in his life. And I think playing in a 4-3-3 where he plays on the left, he's never going to do it. But what I chose and what I like is to Rafael Leao to score over 14.5 goals, 15 goals or more, which he's definitely capable of. And to do that, Rafael Leao will have to start scoring the stupid goals, the simple goals, the tap-ins, because we know he's going to score the goals going past two or three defenders. He's going to be Milan best player, for sure. He's Milan best player. But if he adds to his game maybe a couple of headers, a couple of tap-ins, he can get to that figures. Of course, Milan have added a bonus in his contract if he reaches 20 goals. So he's going to get more money. So there's obviously an extra mm. motivation. And funnily enough, Milan haven't had a goal scorer in double in more than 20 goals since 2010-2011 when he was Ibrahimovic who scored 28 goals. They desperately need a someone who scored 20 goals or over if they want to win the Scudetto. I'm sure they're going to spread the goals around between Okafor, Giroud, Chukuzeve and Leao. But I think Leao is going to be their top goal scorer. So I'm going to go for over 14.5. Uh, this is a play that, uh, RJ, you like as well. I do. Uh, over 14.5 goals at even money. Leao actually started three less matches this past season than he did in 2021 and scored four more goals, reaching, reaching 15 last season, as, as Daniele said. He's currently 24 years of age. You know, he's getting into the peak or the prime of his career, one would say. getting He's, he's getting better every year. Uh, I think 15 plus is is highly doable, and I wouldn't be shocked as as Daniele said, 20. If he, he'll hit extra extra bonus if he gets to 20 goals. He's just got an 82 million dollar contract extension. Uh, he's going to be the focal point of their office. They, they, you know, let's not forget they added some strong cast around him, and you know, it's not because they're American born players, but they are. They should be impactful to his to his goal scoring uh, number. Pulisic, Christian Pulisic, and and Yunus Munza, two American. Uh, talented midfielders that uh, should help Liao score a few more goals this season. And um, I like this at, at even money, over 14.5 goals. If you think he's going to get 20 or more, he might get some extra euros in his pay packet, but you can get a bit of extra money as well. Plus 650 with Bet Rivers, 20 or more goals for Rafa Liao. Uh, that wraps up all our futures picks. Let's just get the best bets from the boys here. We've talked extensively about Italy and Germany, give a lot of plays over the course of the last 45 minutes or so. Steve, what's your, your best bet of the ones that you've, uh, you've mentioned in the show? It's got to be Bayer Leverkusen to finish in the top four in the Bundesliga. I really do like that one. I just, I just don't see them outside of that top four this season, Dan. RJ, what's your best bet? I'd go with Frozenone uh, plus 175 to finish in last place in Serie A. And Daniele. I stick with Leo, 14.5. I think uh, he's uh, the next player to leave Italy probably next season, but he's going to have let's a hope he doesn't. Let's hope he doesn't go in January. Let's put it that way. No, hopefully yeah. not. Hopefully not. <laughs> uh, right, Steve, RJ, Daniele, thanks for your company. Uh, look forward to seeing you all on the European show over the course of the season. And a reminder that it is a little different this year as well. We go head-to-head -head with our handicappers. James Easton, one week one. Daniela, you're next up on Thursday. Are you confident yeah. in deposing yeah, our yeah, own I'm, I'm studying. I'm already studying because I'm up, up, I'm up against uh, 
uh, you know, the Mbappe of the of the hipster. <laughs> I, need to be, I need to be on top of my game. Eh? It's gonna be interesting, RJ. Your time will come. I know you're scheduled in over the course of this month. Don't yep. worry about that. Steve will be across all the selections, of course, on Thursday. That is a wrap, though, uh, for the Serie A and Bundesliga futures show. Uh, we'll be back, of course, with picks on Thursday with our head-to-head challenge. And make sure you stay across all of the Bet Rivers content at Because We Win from all of us. It's bye for now.